Welcome to the Honestly Podcast. Life is hard, and there are so many moments of mess and mundane and misery. But you know what's worse than the hard moments of life? Doing them alone. But when we choose to do life together, the everyday moments of life turn into encounters with Jesus. At Honestly, we want to help you find the beauty of being real, the freedom to laugh at yourself, and the courage to take initiative in your own communities. And honestly, it just doesn't get much better than that. Well, welcome back, you guys. We are so happy to have you for our fourth episode. Yeah. Dang, here we are. Number four. And you guys, today is a very special day because Miss... Ellie B. Wilkerson just celebrated her birthday yesterday. Very exciting. Oh, she's 21, and we are just so... (laughs) We're so happy. I actually don't wish. (laughs) I do not wish to be I'm 29, and I feel like, can we just get to 30 already? Oh my gosh, you're so 29 feels rather uneventful. It is. But, I mean, it's like you're on the precipice of of greatness. Yeah. So... Thank you. Yeah. I feel that way, too. (laughs) Next year, when we're recording this episode... For your birthday week. Yes. It'll be big. It'll I be a really wait. important one. So oh my fun. goodness. We're so happy to have you guys back. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Glad you're back. Last week we talked about being real online. So kind of talked about relationships and kind of your persona online and how to do that authentically. In our Living Honestly piece, we talked about these three ideas, having a philosophy of how you do those things setting boundaries when needed Mm -hmm. and it's often needed often often and then kind of entering into that uh world with a lens of compassion so understanding that there are stories that exist behind just the pictures and images and words that you see um so it was really fun this past week to kind of hear ways that people implemented that in their own lives Mm -hmm. um and yeah we just felt really encouraged and Mm -hmm admire people for doing the hard work um and I feel like both of us had conversations with each other of like so (laughs) should we do something so yeah yeah, I feel like um yeah we just appreciate you guys kind of sharing what you're learning super humbling to hear it and yeah we're hopeful that that kind of trickles through your experience into other people that you interact with yeah. And just, I think what's fun in interacting with people, like with you guys about stuff we're talking about is we realize like we're all just such a work in progress yeah. and like working on it. Like, for example, I recently discovered, okay, so I, I put these like time limits on my Instagram <laughs> and my Facebook. And we told you like, I, I think last week about how like Ellie originally had the code yeah. and she forgot it. We figured it out, whatever. Well, then I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna have my husband put the code in, and he's, like, freakishly good at remembering those things. So whatever, he has it. Well, I discovered that, like, something went <laughs> awry, and the code didn't actually work. Interesting. So I realized, like, when that when that little, if you have an iPhone, you know, like, yeah, that thing pops up that's like, like, <laughs> ignore your limit for today. <laughs> I just kept pressing it, and I was like, oh my gosh, the code doesn't work. I'm Freedom. free. <laughs> So, you know, work in progress. And have you told him yet? And I will tell him because now it's public. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to tell him. It's good accountability if he listens. Yeah. We'll find out. I know. I will. Maybe I'll just wait until he brings it up. (laughs) There you go. I'll be like, now I see you haven't been listening to my episode. Yeah. Call him out. Uh, Anyway, so we're all a work in progress, you guys. Yes, so true. Uh, Well, speaking of 
kind of being a work in progress, working on ourselves, being real with ourselves, nailed that transition. Okay, so we are going to talk (laughs) this week um, about being real with ourselves. Um, When we kind of say what that is, we each, each of us and both you guys, listeners, as well as Ellie and I, you know, we maybe have a different idea of what that means or what comes to mind when we say, hey, we need to be real with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask Ellie, Ellie, what does it mean to you when you think of being real with yourself? What comes to mind for you? I, the first thing, I think I've just been learning a lot about this this past year, but the first thing that comes to mind is Uh, I feel like this is a cliche phrase, but it's okay to not be okay. Hmm. Um, So yeah, I probably pride myself in like being steady. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's a great thing to be. But I also feel like being real with myself has been saying occasionally like, oh, I'm really sad or Mm -hmm. I'm nervous or I'm feeling, um, you know, anxious about this thing coming up or whatever. So I feel like that's the first piece of it. And then I also just feel like a thing I'm really passionate about is helping people love the way God made them. So I feel like that's the other part of, yeah, just taking real joy in the way God created you Mm -hmm. and owning that and living out of that. So those are probably the two things that come to mind for me. What do you think of? I always think of, when I think about being real with myself, I think of like acknowledging my shortcomings um, and also the things that I actually need to live a full life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just kind of accepting kind of like my idiosyncrasies and not feeling like shame over them. Like something that came to mind for me in the last like few years is that I realized that I am like wound way tighter than I like (laughs) would like to admit. Like I used to just pride myself on being like, I'm like really relaxed and low key about stuff. I'm fun and easygoing. And then it's like, I finally admitted, like, I don't think I've ever actually been like that. (laughs) I think I'm actually like, wow, I'm pretty tight. I try to give off an air of like, everything's great. And like, all is well. But in all honesty, didn't your mom call you out on that once? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, you're right. So when my mom came to help with Cooper, my second son, and someone asked us, like the two of us, like, is is Laura relaxed? Or like, is she a relaxed mom? And my mom was like, I wouldn't say she's relaxed, but she's very patient. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I appreciate There's a compliment in there. That is a compliment in there. But I was like, I like moms. They yeah. just will. Tell how they'll it shoot is. you straight. Yeah, <laughs> that is so true. So true. Okay, so yes, being real with ourselves is really important. And and the reason there are some reasons like why we felt like it matters to include it in this series of being real. Um, and Ellie's going to share a little bit about why we feel like it matters to acknowledge this, to reflect on this, mm-hmm. um, and have some conversations. So, what do you think, Ellie? Why do you think this matters? Yeah, I feel like. A lot of reasons. The ones that kind of came to mind were number one. I think if you're not real with yourself, you miss out on what God has designed you for. Hmm. And I was thinking about the passage in the Bible where it's talking about the body of Christ and how different people play different roles. And I just, I mean, I always love like the real visual images in the Bible. I feel like having this image of like, be who you are. There are less glamorous parts of the body. (laughs) So... You know, if you are the pinky toe, be the pinky toe. <laughs> and like, I know... If you're freaked out by feet, maybe do like <laughs> yeah. pinky fingers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pick 
pick the body part that you feel comfortable <laughs> with. But um, I just feel like the older we get, kind of the more we understand ourselves and have more ability to either say, I reject who I am, I'm going to try to keep fitting in and do what I think I'm supposed to do. Mm. Or kind of lose that and just say, you know what? God made me really good, you know, at seeing the unseen. Or Mm -hmm. God made me really good at encouraging people. Or God made me really good at just creating things with my hands to bless other people. You know, there are just so many ways that God has created us. And I think when we're not real with ourselves about that, we miss out on this opportunity to just kind of fall into what God has made you for. Um, I feel like the other part of it is when you're real with yourself, you kind of give yourself the space to fail and not need to be everyone's everything. Yes. Um, oh, I like that. Which is hard. Yes. Because I think we all like to succeed and find value in that. Um, but I think when we're real with ourselves, we can say, I don't have the capacity for that. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else could do that better than me. And I think when we can set our pride aside and say, I am not everything and I don't need to be, there's beauty in that. And I even just think about, um, you know, when Jesus heard about needs, Mm -hmm. he didn't always immediately act and go. He paused, he prayed, and he entered into certain situations. Um, which I just think is a neat example. Third thing I think of is when we're honest with ourselves, it gives us kind of this freedom to experience who we are in light of who Jesus says we are. And I I went through a season in college um, where the word beloved just became super important to me. I think when you see yourself through that lens and you're real about the fact that you're a chosen child of God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. it just changes the way you live. So you live with this freedom and this security and just, I I feel like experience this power out of like, I'm not acting alone. Mm -hmm. I have someone who's on my side. And I think it just kind of like clears the way of distractions and insecurities and, um, yeah, kind of provides this path forward of like, what's God going to use me for? Yeah. Let's see what it's going to be. Yeah. You find so much freedom from the, just the comparison. Oh, for that sure. That steals that, that feeling of, of belovedness. Yeah. If that's a thing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean? Just comparison just totally, it just wrecks it. It yeah. wrecks that feeling. It makes you feel so inadequate and, yeah. and all those insecurities come. And I, I was thinking about when you were talking about like, be, be the pinky toe, be the pinky finger, whatever yeah. it is. It's just so easy to see the people who are the head, who are the hands, yeah. who are the like, like who, who seem to be in these like quote prominent yes. roles and what, in whatever it is. And it just feels like it's just so that will just steal the identity that God is forming in you yeah. and how he desires for you to serve in a particular totally. season and capacity. And, yeah. um, and that it, I mean, you need a pinky toe to balance. Did yeah, you know girl. that? Like your toes, like that. it's kind of weird. Kind of creeps me out that these like very itty bitty things <laughs> like help matter you. so much. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. you saying all those things. That is just awesome. It just feels like that is that is so key in in understanding who we are mm-hmm. and why it's important. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening. That's like probably my soapbox thing that I just oh. feel really passionate about. So you can stand on that soapbox all day. <laughs> that is so good. I, you know, there. I'm thinking about how if that is kind of this thing that you're so passionate about. I imagine that there have probably been moments where it's like 
mm, I have just been kind of confronted with who I mm. really am. And it's not always pretty. It's not like yeah. when we acknowledge our real selves, a lot of it, a lot of it is like, yes, God is, God is speaking that you are beloved and you are daughter and that you are, you are son and you are like this, you are my created, you know, person and I like love you. And there's like a lot of like, yeah. you can there are moments where it's just like, yes, that's just full of grace yeah. and full of that. But sometimes it's like, oh yeah, but also sometimes it's just the like grossness yeah. in us and like the the muck and the ickiness, the totally. just unfortunate parts of ourselves that are just the result of our fallen nature. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be just important for us to talk about like what have been some moments that we have been confronted with our real selves yeah. and it has like not been super lovely. Yeah. Um, Ellie, you go first. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Laura. I can't think of anything. Would you like to go first? <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, one I just thought of recently in light of some rough mornings at home with my children was just my tendency to prioritize timeliness over relationship. Oh. And I'm married to someone who does not give one rip about timeliness (laughs) but yeah I feel like for me I've noticed recently something in me like switches when I start to sense that like my timeline is off Mm. and yeah I see it with my kids I just turn into like cray cray mom at home Mm -hmm. where I'm like you know shoving food down their throat kicking them out the door (laughs) people are screaming and all to arrive at Bible study on time, which kind of feels like you may have missed the point here. <laughs> That's not what it's all about. Uh, but then, I mean, jokingly, we were in a small group this past year, and I was given the job of, like, the five-minute warning of Every when... Every time. Yeah, it and I just... Like, I always said fail. it at the wrong time. Someone's <laughs> sharing something, and I'm like, five-minute warning. <laughs> So, yeah, I just feel, yeah, I just feel like finding that balance of, like, yes, timeliness matters, and it can communicate, like, that you are prioritizing what you're trying to get to, but people matter more. Yeah. Always people matter more. So, yeah, I feel like that is a thing where I've had to admit I'm sacrificing more than I'd like to admit. Hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Have you ever done anything like that? I have never been confronted with some terrible part of myself. No, I, the thing that came to mind for me is that my, so my husband and I, we lived out in um, Denver before we moved here to Illinois. And when we were out in Denver, the first year transitions, I've said this before on here, transitions are just hard and like they are lonely and you're just really desperate for friendships and you just want people. And I, I remember this this weekend, um, or it was like a like some Saturday. I went out with um, I went out shopping with some girls that I had met um, through the like seminary that my husband went to, and but I was like just kind of getting to know them, and I was like so desperate for friends and like people I could like throw back to middle school. Oh my gosh, yes, and and yeah, I literally felt like I was back in middle school. I was so <laughs> desperate for friends. To be honest, I kind of, I like knew from the beginning, I was like, I don't think these are really my people. Like they're nice enough, but I just, I don't think they are. But I was so desperate to be like liked that we're like, we walk around, we're going shopping. And the whole time 
I, I felt like a chameleon. Like I was like saying I liked all the same things that they did. I, mm-hmm. I just started lying about like experiences I had had or things that I had like done and like enjoyed or what it was just the weird. I remember it was like almost like an out of body experience So weird that when I got home, I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I, okay. I want friends. Yes. Yeah. This is not the way for me to like make these friends. Totally. And like I, those women are lovely. I don't speak to them today. I'm sure they're, I hope good things have happened. Uh, it was just, <laughs> it would have been a hard act to keep it up. It would have been a hard <laughs> act to keep up with. Yeah. It was just, sure. and it, I just felt really confronted with this, like, whoa, I have a desperate need to be liked yeah. and, and be a part of like a group or yeah. something. And I was totally willing to sacrifice like who I really am and the things that I really enjoy and love just for the sake of being accepted by these people who like, it it was just so unimportant. It was just so unimportant. And I just felt really, yeah. Flashback to middle school. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, oh my word, we, we all have just a little middle school, little middle schooler girl (laughs) just living inside of our hearts. (laughs) Oh, and I I mean, I was in my mid twenties. It was just embarrassing, honestly, when I look back on it, but Oh, we just have these moments. We have these moments where we're just like, oh, dang, yeah. that is that is who is kind of inside of me. And I don't have to yeah. live out of that all the time. I yeah. don't have to, like, be like, well, it's just who I am. Yeah. It's like, no, I can actually work to change that and be honest with myself and honest with God about these these insecurities or these, these shortcomings that I have. Yeah. And it was like real in my face that yeah. day so we were we were trying to brainstorm ideas for this and we yeah. had a lot of ideas and some of them just felt like they invaded on other people's privacy yeah but I do feel like some of the other things we came up with were I mean gossiping and just yeah. having a friend kind of lovingly be like I don't think we should be talking about that totally. um so I feel like that's an area that that comes up a lot yes um I mean I feel like within friendships or even I have three sisters, so mm-hmm. with my three sisters, there are just moments where you realize you're just speaking in a way that mm. is, like, to puff yourself up and kind of put them down so you feel better about yourself. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I feel like relationships are often a place where that comes to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage is obviously occasionally a place <laughs> a where... Bit, a little bit of a refining <laughs> thing, isn't a it? A little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just... I. And I do feel like God mm-hmm. created it that way, relationships to be refining. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, it's a normal thing. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, though. What do you feel like makes it so hard or uncomfortable? Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is that we, I mean, for one, it's just, it, it is hard to accept who you are. It's hard to admit when you need help. It's hard to yeah. admit when you need to grow. Um, but I also feel like there is just, it is really easy to feel shame when maybe there's like, maybe just healthy conviction needs to exist instead. But yeah. I think sometimes we just feel this like shame over the things that make us who we are or maybe shame over like like a shame over a shortcoming or shame over whatever it is instead of feeling like, okay, maybe the Holy Spirit's actually just doing something in my heart right now. And it's yeah. just confronting. Like I remember after, even after that encounter with those girls afterwards, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I do not want to live like that. Yeah. That is exhausting. And like, not, mm. not who I am. And probably the thing I could have, I, I could and probably still have to work against like feeling shame over is like, 
is that like, oh my gosh, I just want to be accepted so badly. Um, And instead of feeling like, okay, I'm fully accepted by the Lord, but also like, it's okay to need and want community. And that's kind of a healthy reframing of these things that like exist within ourselves. But yeah, I just feel like how we, how we assess ourselves and areas of growth can fall into the like shame, guilt category Mm -hmm. or like, like thought process, or it can just fall into like conviction and like healthy, healthy growth. Like just like actually taking time to do the hard work. Um, and it's, it almost sometimes feels easier to feel guilt or shame over stuff because it it requires less work of you. Yeah, totally. So like, that's an easier part of it. Obviously then you also live in a lot of like, you can live in a lot of sadness and you can live in a lot of loneliness. For sure. Um, but yeah, it just feels hard when shame and guilt can just yeah. keep you in the pattern of thinking or in a pattern of living. Yeah. That's not actually in line with how God wants us to live. Totally. Um, as I, we know, but yeah. I feel like off of what you're saying too, that idea of it's more comfortable to not deal with it. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a huge thing that I struggle with. Yeah. Like, why would I do that if it requires effort? <laughs> totally. And there's a lot of areas that that applies to that I'm working on. But I do yeah. feel like this idea of confronting sin... And and dealing with things in yourself that are not as they are meant to be yeah. um, just takes a lot of effort. And it takes a lot of <laughs> honesty and yes. humility. And it, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think those things that God calls us to often require some sacrifice along the way to kind of tap into what's yet to come. Yeah. Which is the best the best part and what we're, you know, trying to get to eventually. Hey friends, it's time for Let's Be Honest, the segment of our show where we take a break from our episode topic to talk life hacks or things that are kind of the worst and how to make them better. Enjoy! All right, let's be honest. Let's. I have wrinkles. (laughs) I am 31 and I have wrinkles. I have like started to discover. I have started to get to that point already. It feels like maybe I should not be like this, but I will like look in the mirror in the morning and like put my fingers on my cheeks and kind of lift them up. Like I feel like once upon a time, something's happening. My my skin was higher up on my face. <laughs> it is now. It looks and so, high up now. <laughs> thank you yeah, no so problem. much. But you guys, I have like wrinkles, and I am like stupidly like. Not ashamed of them, but I'm like, oh, get I like, out of here. get out of here. Yeah. This is like, I want to age gracefully, but it's there. Okay. I'm not an expert by any means on skincare products, but I do have a weakness Let's for buying it. them. So my favorite thing to just hydrate your skin, it's not going to get rid of your wrinkles. You got to get Botox for that. But to hydrate your <laughs> not skin. Not that we're... Now we're out. But, you know, no judgment. I just feel like I am so understanding of that nowadays. Um, you see the, the value now. I see the value. Hilarious. But, you guys, sheet masks. Oh. Sheet masks are game changers. If Dang. you do not have a sheet mask, a part of your, like, regular skin routine, you really should. I like, do not. once a week is so once great. Once a week? You can buy them what anywhere. What does it do? You put lotion on your face every day, and that's great. But the thing is, eventually, a lot of it evaporates. So the sheet mask, like, sticks to your face. Dang. And then it just, like, keeps all the hydrating stuff. I'm, like, touching my face. 
face so much right now yeah. as I'm talking as if any of you guys know this or can <laughs> see this. So it like just, it, it like is concentrated. So it's super concentrated. The mask covers it so nothing evaporates <laughs> and it seeps into your skin and your face just feels like, like a baby's bottom and it's just... Precious. It's the best. I have done some of those in the past, and I typically am like, this pattern's cute, and then I buy it. <laughs> like, I feel like you bought one that was like a panda once, I did. didn't you? I yeah. have a really, a really scary picture. <laughs> I could put it in the show notes. I know. I might it might be, be a tiger. <laughs> it might be a tiger. <laughs> I think it was at our church's women's retreat, oh and I was gosh. like, I ought to do a face mask. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I love that. That's a good idea. I know. Where do you get them? I... Is there a certain one you like? I love Dr. Jart has, I know, what a name. That's an unfortunate name. Yeah. So Dr. Jart has like one that's like called Vital Hydra and it's like a really hydrating one. Um, so I recommend you can pick one up at Sephora. You can get like a five pack on Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, there are some options. If you just use our affiliate link, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you can get them online and they're game changers. So everybody Amazing. get yourself a sheet mask. It will change the hydration of your skin and that's about it. Yeah. But it'll Not your good. life, but your skin will look better. <laughs> Here we go. All right, well, first half, we talked more philosophically about why it's important to be real with yourself, and we thought it'd be helpful if we just gave you guys tools that we've used in our own lives, um, just in kind of like practically becoming more real with yourself. So Laura has one that's been big for her. Yeah. I would say the number one thing um, for me has just been going to counseling. My counselor, I just... She has been a game changer That's for awesome. me. Um, she did some marital counseling for Grant and I, and then I just started seeing her regularly. And I have for the past like two years, um, almost two and a half awesome. years. Um, and that has been just one of the most helpful ways for me to get to know myself. I feel like in a wonderful way, at least in the circles that I feel like I've been in, like stigma of counseling is like lifting, yeah. which is like so great. It feels totally like it's just agree. such a common, more accepted, like, hey, this is just can be part of regular life and yeah. that is okay. Being in a counseling office um, and being with my counselor, something, a particular practice that's been helpful has been just like straight up naming my emotions. Mm. <laughs> I am like notoriously horrible at like naming it. And it's not so much that I go like broad. I mean, I like... I will like shut down and be like, I don't, I don't know. No I don't words. know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, my poor husband, we've worked through a lot. I've That's gotten good. a lot better. Um, I had a friend, my, my friend Liz from college, she would literally like, she was my like emotion namer in college. Awesome. Like I would like go off on like all these like things I was feeling. And she was like, you're feeling isolated. And I was like, Yes. yes. Wow. Oh can I just gosh. can you just walk with me everywhere in my life and name that for me? <laughs> Help me with that. No, but I, it's a struggle that I have to name my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I um, got a feelings worksheet from my counselor when Grant and I, I were that. in uh, marriage counseling a couple years ago, and she, it was just straight up like this this document she gave us. I mean, it had probably been copied a million times, and like she gave it to us, and she's like, "Just use this when yeah. you guys are talking to each other." And it felt silly. Could we link that in the show notes? I think we can. Oh, for sure. It's it's we like accessible I have it anywhere. Actually, in my purse. Oh, so <laughs> we. I've also been to counseling and have a feelings worksheet. <laughs> they are. But it is amazing. helpful. Yeah, yeah. just so it, many more words yes. than like 
mad sad glad. totally you can just narrow it down a little bit more yeah, and, and just great. feel like yes that actually taps into what i'm feeling so going to counseling having that naming worksheet um a huge part of my story even in the last year has really just been naming my anxiety levels yeah um i for a long time just kind of would describe myself as like oh, i'm just kind of an anxious person but finally coming to this place of saying I have anxiety. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, and, and actually naming where it is at instead of shaming myself for feeling it or feeling like, oh, I just have to like think myself out of it. It's yeah. like, nope, I am at a seven right now. And like, and this is why, and this is what's triggering it, um, has been a huge part of it. Yeah. Cause it's anxiety sense. is it, my, my counselor always describes it as it is static in your brain. Mm. I mean, you just cannot think clearly when you have, when you're at a certain like level of anxiety or when you're, when you're just, yeah, it just, it clouds everything. It's just yeah. a static. You can't hear anything. You can't think about anything straight. When you name it, it is so clarifying. When you just say, I'm feeling anxious. This is what I'm feeling. Like, this is the number that I'm at. And maybe I can finally, like, calm down enough to find out what's triggering it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, if you are somebody who, like, wrestles with anxiety and, like, has never known, like, should I go to counseling about this? Maybe I can just get over this. Like, just go to counseling. It has been such a game changer for me. Um, And I... yeah, even the tips I'm giving, obviously, I'm not a professional counselor. These are things that Bev, my dear counselor, has told me. But I really, I just, I don't know. I just want to say that if that is something that is part of your story and something you're struggling with, there's just no shame in that. And there's no shame in going. Um, and it's a huge part of why I feel like I know myself yeah. so much better. It's so great. Yeah. But what about for you? A big part of my last couple of years has been the Enneagram. Yes. I think when we started this, I think like eight different people were like, are you going to talk about the Enneagram? <laughs> and yes, yes, yes I am. But yeah, I mean, the Enneagram has been huge for me. Yeah. My brother-in-law showed me the book, The Road Back to You. I don't know how long ago. Yeah. A while ago, a yeah. couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have just loved learning about it. I have found it to be so fascinating. There's a podcast about let me think how to say this there's a un, what is a a singer <laughs> is that yeah, what they're a, called he's an artist an artist oh my gosh <laughs> okay there's an artist who has written these songs about each enneagram number and if you're not familiar with the enneagram there's nine numbers that kind of each have an identity and a core motivation attached to it Um, So this artist recorded these nine songs and with each song has made a podcast kind of explaining the thought behind it. And my very favorite Enneagram expert, Chris Hewitts, comes on and talks about um, just each number. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so helpful. And I think on our first episode, I was debating what number I was, and the nine song finally came out, and I am a nine. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was Feeling like good. so, so me, which was fun. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like if you haven't looked into the Enneagram, the best way I've heard it described is like it's a tool for compassion. So mm-hmm. it basically mm-hmm. just gives you this really cool lens of other people and yourself. Just helps you understand different ways that people are wired. So highly recommend looking into that. Um, one of our good friends knows a ton about Myers-Briggs. Yes. And she, I love 
talking with her about yeah, that. She just knows a ton, way more than I do. I feel like I don't know that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she'll send me articles and another helpful podcast that we can link to in the show notes mm-hmm. um, called Personality Hacker um, that also has just tons of helpful info. So yeah. I feel like using those resources, way smarter people than us have looked into them and researched for years and years. And I feel like just taking advantage of those is huge. So highly recommend doing that. Yeah. And something you're really good at that I would love for you to touch on a little bit is you're super good at taking some time to yourself and journaling. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and how that's helped you to get to know yourself better. When I, I think I was in seventh grade and had a really, um, dear, I guess she was a babysitter turned friend, Mm -hmm. Jenny Brown, um, who like took me out for a birthday date like she did every year and bought me my first journal. You know, those first journal entries are interesting. (laughs) I think there's one entry where I literally, not just about boys, Laura. One time I was sad about something. I think I literally like opened my eyeballs up and dripped a tear onto the page. (laughs) So dramatic. So dramatic. There's an arrow pointing to it that says my tear. <laughs> I hope you dated it. <laughs> I'm sure I did. I should look. Uh, so yeah, back back in the day, um, yeah, Jenny just recommended this practice of journaling. Um, and I've just done it for a long time since. And I just feel awesome. like it's been this really important space of, I mean, oftentimes I'm just kind of like, hey, here's the day. Hey, here's what I was feeling. Sometimes it turns into a prayer. Sometimes it's just a debrief. But I love looking back on those. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's embarrassing. A little bit. <laughs> Oftentimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I feel like when you do that, number one, it helps you process things better. But number two, I think you just can watch as you grow, which yes. is a really neat thing. Yeah. Um, and even funny to go back and read entries from Mark when Mark and I were dating. and yeah. I was either in love with him or he's driving me nuts and <laughs> like to reflect on those things. So yeah, I, I would say get yourself a good moleskin journal yeah. or whatever journal floats your boat. And um, yeah, I think just having a space to spend time alone thinking and writing is always beneficial. Yeah, that's awesome. So like for me, when I journal, I have like a happy place I love to be. Do you have a spot like that where you feel like you go and it just frees you up to kind of think and process and be with yourself and with God. Totally. Um, Ellie mentioned in, I think the first episode, like I love to drive, like love to drive. We just loved a road trip. And I oftentimes am like road tripping with my boys and like maybe it's during nap time and they're sleeping. And I find that the, the clarity I experience when Mm. I am like on the road, something is ahead of me. It just feels like it's like this very, reflective moment for me and it can also happen when I'm just like driving around the suburbs of Chicago um it really does feel like a very it feels so peaceful to me and it feels like a time I can connect with the Lord and when I can like silence other things and quiet other things like it feels kind of funny because it's like I, I don't know it's just driving It just, it makes me feel reflective about, like, what's actually happening in my life. Like, I don't know what it is. I I wish I could, like, pinpoint why being on the road specifically. Do you guys get in big fights on road trips? Like, Um, because you're thinking? Oh, that's a good question. We, I, it's been a while, but we certainly have before. Like, when we were, before we got engaged, we got in this massive fight on this, like, we were on our, we were literally on our drive 
out to see my family and my my now husband was like asking permission to like cool propose and we got in this massive fight on the road trip and we didn't talk for two hours Ooh, that is hard to hear i mean it was like I mean, we almost broke up oh it was gosh. devastating and now we just like laugh about it because we're like we survived that <laughs> and it go. was like this 13 hour road trip oh, that we were on brutal. driving in one day Who broke like the silence and, a good question i feel like it was probably i feel like it was probably grant grant's yeah. a lot better about that i just in those moments i could have just kept stuffing it down and just not said anything and he think finally, of where you would have been i thank god for imagine. grant thank god for grant <laughs> pulling out all the emotions That's amazing <laughs> my happy place is like well i think of a the summer i worked at this camp in the north woods yeah beautiful camp and we had to get up really early every morning and be alone People would go sit by the lake, outside under a tree, and I would, like, break into the cafeteria, (laughs) sit between a stack of tables and chairs, and, like, in mostly dark journal alone inside. Super indoorsy. Yeah. Super indoorsy. I feel like that's mine. Just being indoors, I probably prefer to be at a coffee shop. Yeah. But yeah, not distracted by outdoorsy stuff. I sound like such a bad person. <laughs> but yeah, I think just that like focus and like peace of indoor quiet is yeah. helpful for me. Totally. I guess it's not technically quiet, but for <laughs> me, kind of like a dull murmur is a helpful sound. Yeah. So yeah. I always feel like the next step after the alone time reflection and getting to know yourself is kind of creating space to do that with others. Yeah. I'm like a junkie about this. Oh, you're so good at initiating it, though. <laughs> I do think it's fun. Um, but yeah, I think just, I don't know, creating space to reflect um, on things with friends is so fun and important. Um, and I feel like it can happen in a million different ways. So it can just be like a coffee date with people. We did that for the new year. Yeah. Um, talked about just where you at, what was yeah. good about last year, what do you want to be better. So yeah, I, d- I just think having times of reflection with friends is important. I do feel like, though, um, always when you bring your stuff that you're discovering on your own mm-hmm. to other people, it kind of puts you on the fence, you know? Like, yeah. am I going to keep this to myself or yes. am I going to put it out there? And I think when you put it out there, what's so cool um, is I think that's really where it like begins to transform. And I yes. think where the gospel can kind of enter into it. Other people can enter into it and speak truth about who you actually are. Um, And I love that. So I just think finding that space where you can admit things about yourself that maybe you don't love to admit. Totally. (laughs) It's so good. Yes, I so agree with what you're saying. And it feels like one of the amazing things about, about the gospel, in addition to the transformative work it does in our hearts, it does so much transformation in our connection with other people. And I feel like when we actually are saying the things that are going on and we're, we are reflecting in groups of people about what's actually happening in our hearts and what God is revealing to us, there is so much connection and so much grace. Yeah, It feels like you're more understanding of other people when you start to come to terms with who you really are and start to be real with yourself. And you just have so much grace for other people's process of that. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, okay, I actually feel like I have the freedom to admit what is going on in my heart. And I feel like find those safe places, find those, those people who it's like, they're doing the work along with you um, and and feel like safe enough to be like, yes, I can, 
I can be fully who I am and transparent about the stuff that's going on. Um, and it's just amazing how the, how, when we do that in Christ, how that, that kind of connection and grace is brought up. It's totally awesome thing. Our last segment living honestly. It's yeah. kind of this time where we give you guys something practical, but we wanted to build off of what Laura was just saying um, in our living honestly this week and just encourage you guys to answer this question with a friend. Answer it with yourself first and then answer it with a friend. Um, so the question is, what's something you hate to admit that you love or need? So what's something you hate to admit that you love or need? The point with this is it can be real silly or it can be really just intimate and hard yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we thought we'd just give some more lighthearted <laughs> examples to end. Um, but, Laura, what's something you hate to admit that you love or need? I love McDonald's. Is, <laughs> like just kills me. I don't know if there's much that brings me more joy than like going through the drive-thru and getting a quarter pounder with like a Diet Coke and a medium yeah. fry and just being very shameless about yeah. it. What does it give you that you need? I, I mean, it's like salt, sodium. Salt. <laughs> Bodies need that. <laughs> sure, sodium sure. And salt. I don't know. I mean, it is, is it like, like a comfort oh, thing. Oh, it's so comforting. Yeah. I feel like... And, I, so my husband, before we got married, hated McDonald's. And really? like I, yes. And he was like, used to shame me all the time wow. for the fact that I used to go. And then I got him hooked on it. And yeah, now like regularly, we just love McDonald's. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure one time, I can't remember if it was like after I had my first son or something, but like Ellie and a group of our friends in Denver got me a McDonald's gift card. Yeah. And it was like one of... I, I think I liked it more than like getting me a Starbucks gift card for you to get me a McDonald's gift card. It's, it's like, I accept you. <laughs> no, right? But it's like, we this, know who you are. We know who you <laughs> yeah. are. We accept your love for McDonald's. And it goes beyond like, I think a lot of like suburban white women are like, I love McDonald's Diet Coke, as do I. But I'm just going to take it a step farther yeah. and be like, I also love their quarter pounders. And I like that you're admitting it about yourself. Yeah. It's not like you love throwing nuggets at your kid, which. I'm I do that too. I'm sure you do yeah, that too. For sure. For but sure. I like that you're owning that you enjoy it too. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Way to go. Yeah, what about you? Way to go. Um, mine is that I love touch. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> creepy Ooh. now that I just said it out loud. Um, but you know, the love language dealio. And yes. my top one is totally touch. And I feel like <laughs> when okay. I was younger, you can kind of just like hug people um, and rub their backs. Like all that just happens more, maybe inappropriately in, in high school. A lot of massage circles Yeah, happening. totally. The youth group massage chain. That was just a normal Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, I feel like as you get older, you start to realize. Yeah, we don't like, do that anymore. Yeah. Um, you st- yeah, it's small group. Yikes. Um well, you start to realize, like, oh, not everybody just really wants me to hug them. <laughs> so I do feel like there are groups of people where I've just had to be like, I like hugs. <laughs> I like um, warm hugs. I like warm hugs. <laughs> and, yeah, for some reason that always feels embarrassing to me. But that's yeah. just a little silly one. It means so much to me, even when someone, like, puts their hand on my shoulder or yeah. 
whatever. I feel like I'm going to receive a lot of just weird <laughs> yes, touch you are. this week. Yes, you are. And I'll feel so loved. <laughs> Little known fact, Ellie and I hold hands the whole time <laughs> so we <disturbing>. record. <laughs> would that be so weird? That would be so weird. She just needs physical touch, yeah, so gotta I do know. what you gotta do. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Oh, so yeah, guys, do that this week. <laughs> Not hold, touch. Hold hands yeah. and just... <laughs> No, get real with people. Um, yes. But yeah, start small. Yes. As with all things, like start with something that feels a little easier to admit. And then, yeah, we'd really encourage you to think about what is something about yourself that's hard for you to be honest about. And then just like find a person that you feel like will love and accept that thing about you. Yeah. And get real. Yeah. I think I said last week that this was our last week of the Being Real series. Oh, yeah. We started brainstorming it and we just felt like there was so much. So Mm -hmm. we split it up and next week we're going to talk about being real with God. So we feel like there's kind of this whole other side of being real that we wanted to be able to touch on. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. That'll come out next week, Being Real with God. And that will be the last part of the Being Real series. (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's just always, it's just fun. We just have so much fun recording this and hearing from you guys afterwards and um, are just really grateful. And we feel like we're getting so much insight from you guys. And um, it's just so, it's just so awesome and encouraging for us to see what God is doing in conversations that um, are starting as a result of what what he's stirring up in people. Um, So you guys check us out online on Instagram at the honestly pod. You can email us with ideas or thoughts um, at hello at honestlypod.com. We always have show notes that are below the podcast. Just kind of in the description will be the show notes. You can also check out our blog post that's on our site, honestlypod.com. And hey, if you guys feel like writing a review for us, you totally can. Apple Podcasts is the place to write the review. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful week. Bye.